Hi, this is Paul Sipple from Community Dining, a community aiming to connect people through shared meals that engage us in the means by which we fuel ourselves. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. They're sometimes called the odd couple. If only because the word aberrant doesn't fit in the logo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands will good planets are. Okie poke. Good morning. Good morning. Another one of those beautiful days. Why not? Sunshiny. Except that, uh, as you saw during the week, I've got a bit of a tomato crisis. No! It's, um, we've uh, got some droop going on in one of our, and I was looking, I was just looking online now because I had put at, uh, on the Facebook page, uh, a photo of our droopy tomatoes. And it looks like some sort of bacterial wilt. Uh, and I've got a couple of guys on the case, Casey Tomato, who listens to the show regularly. Hey, Casey. And, uh, Craig LaHoulier, uh, who was on our show. Uh, in the past, Mr. Epic Tomato, Mr. Epic Tomato himself, and I was just looking at uh, their comments about this. KC said he's thinking based on the pattern. I would think bacterial wilt. That's easy to rule out if you sacrifice the wilted branch. Cut a piece of stem and place it in a glass of water. If it white oozes. If white ooze appears after five ten minutes, you have bacterial wilt. Well, we did that yesterday. No ooze, so I don't know. And then, of course, like um, Craig Lahoulier said, uh, he says in my garden that type of appearance tends to indicate bacterial wilt. And he says verticillium wilt is another possibility. Oh boy, all these different bacterial and whatever yeah and issues. I- I was trying to figure out how you tell if you've got the verticillium. I was looking that up, but didn't. Uh, one of the ways, and I had verticillium wilt in my backyard next door. This is my dead neighbor's mm-hmm. backyard uh, where we got the bacterial wilt right now. And uh, um, it seems uh, that uh, if you cut the, a branch and then you look at streaking in the branch, you can tell whether it's verticillium wilt. Usually that's a giveaway. Um, in fact, I, I had a, a smoke tree smoke bush that got verticillium wilt mm-hmm. and declined um and i took it to uh, a nursery and they said they looked they cut the branch and look went oh verticillium wilt classic case classic case i'm classic like that's case. that's supposed to make me feel better <laughs> i have a classic case of verticillium wilt okay thanks so uh verticillium wilt and it's once it stays in the soil it's very hard to get out now we don't know if it's verticillium mm-hmm. or something else Here's here's the deal. This tomato is in the middle of all, it's our powers heirloom. It's in the middle of all these tomatoes we planted. It's the only one that seems affected right now, and not even all of its leaves are drooping. Uh, it's got some are drooping mm-hmm. and some aren't. And we took the one. It was funny because we took we cut the one that was drooping completely, put it in water to see if there would be ooze dripping down. Nothing. Nothing. But. The leaf recovered. It was like it sucked up all that water, and it's like, yay! I'm I'm healthy again. I know. I've 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 had something like that once or twice, where when you put it in the water, it recovers. It's almost like it's something constricting the vascular in the plant. Yeah, it is. So that's that's Weird. how that works. Okay, so we got we got like a uh, uh, two minutes here. Uh, so we should probably let folks know what's going on in the show today. Uh, and one of the things we start, and I saw, I see that. Uh, 
Lamanda Joy from Peterson Garden Project is tweeting away right now, and she's tweeting away because she's going to be on the show to start. They, uh, we talked on uh, uh, Mighty House before the show this morning that the Gnome Dependence Day <laughs> is tomorrow. Gnome Dependence Day, and guess they're going to make me wear a, a big red hat. Fortunately, I was not able to find any photos of it of last time I did that, So, but there will be more, obviously. That's tomorrow, uh, and we will talk about where that is from uh, 5 to 8, but it's at one of the Peterson Garden Project deals. Uh, and then in the uh, uh, for the remainder of the show, no Rick DeMaio today because we have a whole hour of Rick DeMaio tomorrow at 10 a.m., so you got to come by. and got to be there. For and that. I think Michelle Hoffman is going to be with them from mm-hmm. Microcosm, and we're going to talk science in the classroom, and we're going to talk about his trip to Iceland, and we're going to talk climate change, and uh, it should be really fun. Uh, but today, so today for, for the second half of our show, Karen Hudson from uh, the Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water and Socially Responsible Agricultural Project uh, on factory farms, Carrie Johnson, uh, who's a resident of Schuyler County, and Craig Porter from Fulton County. We talked to him back in February. Uh, they're fighting the whole Back, you know, factory farms sweeping because there's in. more. There, there every they don't day. Go away. There's something coming in. So uh, that is what we will be talking about today. You're welcome to give us a call eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. I think somebody's calling in trying to give us an answer on this wilt on my tomato. I'll bet we'll have to see if that happens. But uh, uh, we will talk in a minute to Lamanda Joy from the Peterson Garden Project. You're listening to The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for Women and Men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. Hey, man. Hey, man. Let's pick up the phone. And let's talk to Lamanda Joy. Hey, man, Lamanda Joy, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Welcome. She is uh, the, uh, you know, what is, what is your deal now with the Peterson Garden Project? You're the uh, resident guru and uh, founder and uh, whatever else. they. What titles do they give you these days? Well, I'm the founder. I'm not sure I'm the resident guru anymore, but. But I have been around since the beginning. Yeah, and you well, you've got a lot of gurus in there now, don't you? 
Well, you know, we've been trying to teach people in Chicago how to grow their own food, so we've been building an <laughs> army of gurus that can help do that. Yeah, and, and speaking of teaching people how to grow their own food, one of the things you got to teach, and I saw your tweet, and you might have heard Peggy mention it, which is, uh, your tweet is, if verticillium wilt were a drinking game, I'd be passed out on the floor. But um, bum Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, Lamanda. Uh, hi. Uh, hi. And and uh, so I as, I assume you've had a passing acquaintance with verticillium wilt. No, just that you were saying it every oh. three words. So I was like, I you know we oh out we oh can. I thought okay no I thought you were going to offer me some some solution here for a verticillium wilt issue. Yes, um, a strong drink. Yes, yeah. yeah, drink that is gin and tonics. You probably never have any diseases or pest problems in your gardens, do you? Yes, we do. We do. We try and. Uh, She's lying. You know. She's lying at the moment. Just the big, <laughs> no. the big lie right there. Little tap dance. No, yeah. no. Of course, any garden has disease because gardening isn't perfect. We should not think that any anybody is a perfect gardener because it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, we walked out in uh, in the midst of the tomato patch and the, the Powers heirloom uh, last uh, like. Thursday or yeah, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. It was after the day after a rainstorm. Okay, you got to remember that too. So it wasn't we wasn't a, a watering issue, and it's drooping. The leaves are just some of the not all of them. Some of the leaves are just they're just done. They're just drooping over and oh, and and uh, makes your heart skip a beat. When yeah, you see that. it does. And I knew oh. I knew immediately it was some sort of um, vascular issue with the plant. Now, the question is, you know, will it spread to the other tomatoes? There's not much we can do at this point. If it's in the soil, it's in the soil. Uh, And you just and you just cross your fingers and hope that there's nothing else going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And and I'm not going to rip up the plant. The the most I might do is cut it off at the ankles and get it out of there. But like I said, if it's in the soil, it's either going to spread or it's not going to spread. And so we're going to just see what happens because some of the plant seems to be okay and half of it half of it is and half of it isn't we're trying to trace it and it doesn't seem to make any sense about which branches are drooping and which aren't and uh so we'll just we'll just see what happens we'll let it go and i got a feeling that that plant's a goner and we'll see what happens to the other tomatoes uh, in the yard so this is uh my my tragedy for the gardening season july 1st thank you very much happy holiday but uh, otherwise, hasn't it been a lovely year so far? Is everything else looking good? Yeah, everything everything else looks great. I mean, it, how's that cantaloupe doing? Uh, the cantaloupe is doing great. Uh, I've got a couple of cantaloupe plants there, and they haven't. Uh, I haven't seen any cantaloupes yet. Mm-hmm. I've only seen male flowers, uh, and but I expect something to happen. They're 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 going nuts and uh, trailing, and we'll mm-hmm. see if we, we get cantaloupe. And, I, you know, I've got beets, and i got potatoes, and I'm a little worried about potatoes now, too, because they're near the tomatoes. And Yikes. Don't tell the potatoes. Yes, don't tell them. Don't let them yes. know. Speak kindly. And, and I, know you, I, know, I know you grow potatoes, right? I love growing potatoes. It's one of my favorite things. It's like a treasure hunt at the end. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> so I do, too. You know, and, and then people tell you, well, you know, it can be a lot easier for grow it in a – container and then you just spill the container out and i go no that's not the treasure hunt the treasure hunt is digging in <laughs> it's digging into the soil and see where the potatoes are and be like a squirrel yeah. yeah so uh but uh tomorrow because it's the second of july which is you know the the famous second of july holiday uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing gnome dependence day um and and, and, and she how, did find a photo of you by the way no on twitter oh yeah but that doesn't have one of those goofy red hats that's next and i'm not happy with that photo either so it's it <laughs> we'll is be sure to, we'll be sure to memorialize you with a goofy red hat tomorrow because uh, there's gonna be a photo booth oh dear okay i'll stay so. away from that i'll stay as far away from that as i possibly so can what is a gnome independence day no it's gnome dependence or day, what's not... a gnome no it's a gnome independence day no it's gnome okay what's a gnome dependence day well, you know, our first garden at Peterson and Campbell was the site of an original World War II victory garden. Mm-hmm. So every 4th of July-ish, we would do some, <clears throat> you know, God bless America thing. We'd have a costume parade. The first year we had a, a rabbi bless the garden. You know, like we just wanted to really celebrate that, you know, that history piece. And so when the 
program expanded in 2012 and we had all those gardens, we thought, well, let's do something fun. And we came up with this gnome dependence idea. We thought, oh, it might be a fun thing. Well, it was 107 degrees that day. None of the food trucks showed up except one cupcake lady who said it was the best day she'd ever had because <laughs> it was too hot. Remember how hot it was? It was terrible. Oh, yeah. What what year was this? Do you remember? 2012. It was that far back. Okay. It was, yes. And 200 people showed up, and we weren't expecting that. The gnomes were sensational. I mean, it was really a fun day except for the heat stroke and the craziness with not having any food. But after that, we're like, never again. We're never doing this again. It was too much of a thing people would not stop talking about gnome dependency <laughs> five years. Like when are we doing the gnomes again? When are we doing the gnomes again? When are we doing the gnomes again? And I'm like, okay, maybe my trauma has rubbed off now. We can, we can try and do it. So gnome dependence day is just a fun garden party celebrating gnomes and having a good time. Like you said, Peggy, we all need to laugh more and have some fun. So uh, we're getting together at the garden at Howard and Ashland and it's at five o'clock and there's going to be the gnome contest. So people bought gnomes at our um, plant sale mm-hmm. in April and May. And then uh, they were able to get them with some partners of our smack dab Chicago and Ram art studios. And they've decorated them and they're actually posting them. One of the ways to win is Facebook like, so they're posting them on the event page uh, on the Peterson garden project cool. Facebook page. And they're brilliant. So anyway, people bring in their gnomes. We have about 40 contestants. So there's going to be that. There's going to be face painting for kids, MacDab Chicago, and the Stick Up, which is a popsicle company. You're going to be there with food. We're going to have music. We're going to have the photo booth, as I said. There's going to be some carnival games. There's going to be a raffle. And people can just come and look at the gnomes and have a good time and be together. Are you going to do some education, too? Maybe people who want to, you know, ask questions about gardening, that sort of thing? No. No. Having a good time. Just about well, having a good time. Well, I'm not going to be there then. If I mean, if we can't, <laughs> if we can't learn something along the way too, what the heck? I guess well, I'll I, be happy to. I'll be happy to answer whatever questions you have. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And, and careful I, on that. I'm kind of committed. So what? All right. Uh, I'm nominally the MC. So what? What do you have in mind for me to do there? Uh, your, your MC-ness. There, I forgot to mention there's a costume parade for kids and dogs. So, Oh, I remember that from before. You've done that before. That's always yes. fun. That's always great. Yeah. So basically just you'll be able to announce the winners and that's it. Just be your charming self. <laughs> and it's always talk- more fun when you're around, Mike. And, we'll do, and we'll do, we will do the Verticillium Wilt drinking game. How's that? Yes, yes. We can do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one of the things we need to do. So this is at the Hello Howard Community Space, which is 1593 Howard Street in Chicago. Um, And again, it's free, 5 to 8 p.m. You just show up, be part of the fun. Uh, if you got a gnome hat, and everybody's got one in the closet someplace. Yes, right. That's right. Yeah. We're all closet gnomes. And, <laughs> I think so. And we we also have a gnome relative in the closet somewhere, too. Uh, just sh- show up. Uh, so this takes us, this is, uh, I, uh, I have not been, I've seen this community space, but I have not actually stopped at it yet. This is one of your newer ones, right? Yes. This Hello Howard garden went in in 2014. It's actually our biggest garden and it has a community space. It's a very large lot that's owned by the city in Rogers Park. So it was so big that um, the city wanted us to do this community space in the front, which we did, and it's been really fun. Um, you know, the Rogers Park Business Alliance, who's one of our sponsors, by the way, and the Hello Howard Group program music on weekends and do all sorts of fun stuff up there. So we're just one of many things that happen in that space. So if you come by you have to get in, you have to walk and look at people funny and go, hello, Howard. Right? Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, um, and, and and let's talk about the model a little bit of Peterson Garden Project. Part of part of what this is all about is uh, you know, as you mentioned, you had an original space and it was on mm-hmm. Peterson, but it's no longer there. And that's one of the things about Peterson Garden Project is that it has evolved over the years, and um, you have a number of different spaces. How many spaces? How many volunteers now? Because it seems like you guys just get bigger each year. Well, you know, our jam is to use space for as long as we can and teach people. So when the land goes away, we pick up the garden and move it elsewhere. So over the course of the last eight summers, we've had a total of 13 gardens. And right now we have six. 
We have almost 4,000 people that participate annually. We have 1,500 volunteers that help. It's really a great project. But our point is long-term gardeners versus long-term gardens, which is quite different than most community garden groups. That's true. That's true. And you keep emphasizing that, and and it makes sense, which is your goal is to teach people how to do it, how to garden, uh, that the space is is a learning place, and it might be there next year, it might not be there next year, but you can always hold on to that knowledge and take it with you wherever you go. Exactly. You know, uh, I was on the board of the American Community Gardening Association for many years, and, you know, community gardens are a popular thing. People are putting them in, but without the knowledge of how to actually grow stuff, it's kind of a waste of everybody's time, and there's a big abandonment rate. So. I hope that what we're doing gives people the knowledge to be able to then go out. You know, we know many of our people have gone and started other community gardens or work with school gardens. We have people that become horticultural therapists or urban farmers. Mm -hmm. You know, that skill, as you say, it's a gift that keeps on giving for them and people they touch. So one of the, you know, obviously you're growing, teaching people how to grow, harvest, but you also have a community cooking school that people might not be aware of at the Broadway Armory. But you have a lot of dinners. What's this Feasts of Resistance? I've been seeing you post a lot on that lately. Haha. Well, Feasts of Resistance. We're really excited about that program. We are partnering with a group in Edgewater called mm-hmm. Girl Forward, and they work with high school age refugee girls. So the Feasts of Resistance program is two pronged. The first part is we're doing a series of public classes that anybody can attend. And the class is based on cuisine that evolves out of conflict. So, for example, um, the next one, this coming Thursday, July 6th, is about Haitian freedom soup. So we're doing the six classes about food and conflict so people Mm -hmm. can get a better understanding of how conflict, you know, impacts everything. In a way, we all understand food, right? So the general public can be involved. But then those classes, general public classes, are funding Camp Girl Forward, which is a six-week program where on Tuesdays we're gardening with the girls, and we've actually planted 10 large planters in front of the Broadway Armory Park with um, herbs and vegetables that we'll be using in the class. Some of those herbs and vegetables are indigenous to the girls' country, like lemongrass and some other things. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursdays, we're doing the same series of classes with the girls except teaching them how to teach the class. So it's like a leadership type thing. And all of the classes that we pick, except Haiti, represent the countries from which the girls come. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, and people go to your go website and they can find out that. Yes, please, everybody sign up. The classes have been great. The program with the girls starts in two weeks. It's going to be great. We actually just got an award from uh, Chicago Community Trust, the Acting Up Award to help, you know, help make this happen. So we were honored to do that. As part of the people that participated in On the Table, we had an On the Table event about this. And in, and if they want to learn more, which uh, website would you have them go to? Oh, just petersongarden.org. They can check out the classes and events section. It's all right there. Okay. Uh, I And I know you've got another one, too. There's. Uh, can you explain the difference between the Peterson Garden website and we can grow it.org sure well peterson garden project is you know everything that's happening with classes and you know events about the organization we can grow it.org is where we talk more about gardening education you know what you should be planting now cooking education it's it's more just our blog if you will ah okay all right. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, five to eight p.m. at the Hello Howard Community Space, Gnome Dependence Day. And by the way, that's fifteen ninety three Howard Street. You have to come in and say hello, Howard. Uh, and uh, I will be there, and Lamanda Joy will be there, and a bunch of folks will be there, and gnomes will be there. And gnomes. And gnomes. Uh, so I guess I will see you tomorrow evening, Lamanda, and. Uh, I'm sure it's good. And it's not going to be 107 degrees, which we are very happy about. I'm so happy about that. I'll bet bet you are. I'm thrilled. All right, Lamanda, I will see you tomorrow evening. Thanks uh, for, for, for stopping by. Absolutely. And thank you, too, for all the good work that you do. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
So uh, now we are truly in the month of July, and spring is but a bad dream. Uh, if you don't want summer to be a gardening nightmare, get yourself a copy of the July-August issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. There's an article called Hydrangeas 101, which is helpful because I often get questions like, why doesn't my hydrangea bloom? My answer is usually a question. What kind of hydrangea do you have? To which the invariable answer is, I don't know. That person is a candidate for Hydrangeas 101. Uh, Now, each magazine also has my column on the inside back page, which is kind of like Garden Lunacy 101. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking factory farms when we come back, and we hope you will join in the conversation. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on season. Mike and I were there last year, and the expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. Meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtags in any of your social media. Hashtag 1590WCGO. Evanston, Chicago. No singing. This is a no singing zone. All right. Welcome back to the Mike Novak show uh, with singer Peggy Malecki uh, and uh, Ariana giggling in the corner. <laughs> right. And, and Ariana's in the studio here today, too. She just woke up. Uh, nah, she's she's been she never got to bed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, on the phone line, we have a friend of the show, Karen Hudson. Uh, Karen, uh, are you are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. Hi, good morning. I just found out something very interesting. I can't get three people on the phone at the same time, so we're going to do this a little differently than I thought we were going to do it. But uh, you should know that Karen um, is, uh, and I'm I'm looking at my blog, and I put uh, Karen Porter. Uh, It's not Karen Porter. It's Karen Hudson. I will fix that. The Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water. Uh, she's also with socially responsible agricultural product, a pro- product, I, and I say that all the time too. Project, um, and uh, Ben, who uh, uh, who else do we have uh, on the line here? Oops, he's he's Carrie talk- Johnson. He said he said Carrie. Okay, uh, and I'm not sure that uh, that Carrie. Carrie, are you with us? No, not yet. 
Uh, he's still talking. All right. All right, Kerry. All right, so who have we got? We've got Ke- Craig. Okay, Craig, are you with us? Yes, I am. All right, good. Whew. Okay, this is harder than it should be. Uh, Karen Hudson and Craig Porter. And the two of you guys were on our show. I was looking. It was February, February 4th. Craig, uh, by the way, is a a farmer in Fulton County, Illinois. He's also on the Isabel Township Board of Trustees. Uh, And when we talked in February... It was about a proposed factory farm. And what was interesting about that conversation then is that there had been this meeting and by Farm Bureau. And for folks who are not familiar with these issues, there's all these different entities involved. You've got the Illinois Department of Agriculture. You've got Farm Bureau. You've got the Illinois uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency. You've got the groups like Karen's part of uh, Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water. You've got boards uh, in counties. You've got uh, township boards like uh, Craig Porter's part of. So all these entities have to come together. And and uh, a company comes in and says, we're going to put a, a big old factory farm down, and we want 20,000 hogs uh, to be down the road from you. And, and I will start with you, Karen. When that happens... What kind of recourse do people like Craig Porter have? Well, when a facility uh, comes in under 1,000 animal units, which is about 2,500 head of hogs. Okay, I'm going to stop. I am going to stop you right there because you guys, that's another thing that happens. And you read these stories and you say animal units. I have no idea what an animal unit is. And it's different from the number of uh, animals there, right, Karen? Yes, it is. It's kind of confusing for folks that don't really work on this issue every day, and I even have to go back and look at the definition occasionally. So 2,500 animals, or 1,000 animal units would be about 2,500 head of hog. A thousand, uh, one animal unit is about one cow. So they measure it by the amount of waste they produce. So about two and a half, 55 pounds of over swine would be one animal unit. Wow. And it's just confusing because when it's reported in local media, Often uh, a reporter may say there are a thousand animal, you know, there are so many animal units going in, but it's actually many, many more hogs than mm-hmm. that. Right. So it's, it's quite confusing at times. Yeah. So it is under a thousand animal units or twenty five hundred hogs. Um, there does not have to be a public hearing in the state of Illinois. So we're seeing many facilities go in at two thousand four hundred and ninety nine hogs, which is just under a hair breath underneath mm-hmm. this animal unit number that would kick in a public hearing and folks are attending these public hearings across the state in these larger facilities although a county board who uh, would have this public hearing in their specific county has no binding vote on a yes or no opinion so they in the past uh, county boards have voted no to these there's some eight vague setting criteria that must be met and if a county board has said, you have not met all these criteria to cite in our community, they'll vote no, and the Department of Ag has still permitted them. So they have never actually turned a facility down, to the best of our knowledge, the Illinois Department of Agriculture, although they've asked facilities for more information, uh-huh. and maybe a facility would drop out after that. But to the best of our knowledge, these are not being turned down, and more are coming in, and we're seeing more large-scale facilities coming in across the state of Illinois. And citizens have very little recourse when these facilities come in. And and when Craig speaks in a few minutes, he, he will tell you about all the mistakes that we found in their notice of intent to construct. And we're finding mistakes in all of these applications that we're, we're looking at. So the citizens have become basically detectives and filing FOIAs down to, the, down to the Illinois Department of Agriculture to check and see if certain criteria are met, if certain drilling borings have been met underneath the, where the facility is going to be built, yeah. how far is no potable well. We're becoming scientists, and I help folks across the state of Illinois get up to speed very, very quickly on what they need to ask and how they need to speak at these, at these public hearings. Yeah, and Karen, you should know, uh, started out the way a lot of people uh, did uh, or have in these issues, which is she's a farmer, and down the road, 
there you go. Here comes a, a, a confined uh, animal feeding operation or concentrated animal feeding operation, depending on how you define CAFO, the acronym CAFO. Uh, we'll just say factory farm. And uh, and this is how a lot of people get involved and become active. Now, then there are people like Craig Porter. Um, and I think one of the things uh, you said earlier, Karen, and I want to get to Craig here. One of the things you said earlier that's very important, which is that the state of Illinois, the Department of Agriculture, uh, might go to a, a – well, actually, the, the citizens of a county might say, we want a hearing, and the board might say, we want, we want to have a hearing about this. Uh, and ultimately, it doesn't matter what they say because the Department of Agriculture has the right to say, uh, well, you know what, thanks for the input. We're going to put this thing up anyway despite what the citizens think and what they say. And, uh, yeah. and that's because – of the law that was passed in 1996, which is the Illinois Livestock Management Facilities Act, uh, sometimes known as LMFA, or uh, as other people say, uh, leave my, uh, what is it, leave Fact- leave, my, leave factor- my factory, yeah, leave my factory alone. <laughs> um, and so we've got this law that sort of runs roughshod over people's rights in the state of Illinois. Uh, which needs to be fixed, and I know you're 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 addressing that. We'll get to that in a second. So let's go to Craig, because when we talked before, you had just had what seemed like a victory. There was a factory farm, and there was a there was a stink. No, no pun intended. Every actually every pun intended uh, about what was going on down there, and some uh, farm bureau members resigned over the secretive process. There was a meeting that was called by, but not everybody was invited. And then suddenly they withdrew the application, but then they, 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 they re uh, upped, uh, tried to get the application mm-hmm. back in. And so where do we stand with that factory farm in Fulton County that you were fighting? Uh, currently we're, we're still fighting, fighting it since December. And as you said, you know, back in, back in December, uh, the farm came out as Clear Family Farm, and uh, it was either their attorneys or what we talked to uh, Farm Bureau about. Um, it was a matter of days before we were supposed to have a hearing, and it got canceled. And then they resubmitted under Memory Lane Acres, mm-hmm. and uh, we have been fighting them ever since. Um, we've been sending emails back and forth to uh, Illinois Department of Ag, and they are in turn submitting questions to uh, PSM, which is Professional Swine Management, out of Carthage. And um, so we're, we're still in that process, and uh, we feel that we've met uh, some of the, 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 uh, the eight criteria, citing criteria, and for, for whatever reason, they're, 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 not, they're not addressing it to the point that we can get this thing stopped. Uh, you know, one of the things, and uh, we talked the other day, and... Uh... Uh, one of the things folks need to know when you put up a factory farm like that, there's going to be a lot of truck traffic. And a lot of these small counties have very limited budgets to be able to fix roads and keep them up to, to snuff. And that's one of the issues here, isn't it? Yes, it is. Like I said, I'm on the uh, the uh, trustee of our uh, township. And uh, our township is, is a small township. Uh, it's very poor. Um, the only revenue that we receive in uh for our budget is uh, the real estate within our township and um our road commissioner he literally is is half time we cannot pay him more than 15 days out of a out of a month for his salary so that's just kind of shows you how poor we are and it was ironic we we we've got issues with our roads um the, the road that is being this is supposed to be proposed on is literally a one lane gravel road uh, half of this road, as of 20, 25 years ago, it was literally a dirt road, and it's got a little bit of gravel on it. And the only reason why it's got gravel on it is to accommodate the the, the uh, bus route mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. And so it's just, uh, you know, the, the farmers use it, but uh, during the winter months, it does not get used as far as for heavy truck traffic. And um, it's just literally uh, just a one-lane road. So that's just and that's just one of the issues all right that that you guys have to deal with is is the infrastructure involved in putting in one of these factory farms uh but we haven't even addressed the idea that the proper property values go down and the property values go down because of stink 
of the odors from uh, those farms. We have environmental damage, um, as has been pointed out. Um, the uh, uh, their livestock facilities are the leading cause of Illinois fish kills in in Illinois. So we have all these different issues that we need to and health uh, concerns of the residents. Health concerns, and a lot of these folks already have health concerns, and they know they're just going to be made worse by the addition of a factory farm in their neighborhood. So uh, we need to take a short break here. When we come back, I want to bring Carrie into the conversation as well and talk about what you're trying to do uh, to change the law in Illinois. I know you've involved uh, State Senator David Kaler out of Peoria. Uh, There are a couple of bills that are pending. Uh, We want to talk to you about that. We're talking about factory farms with uh, Craig Porter, Karen Hudson, Carrie Johnson will join us in just a second. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. You're welcome to make a phone call, 847-475-1590. Stick around. It, It only gets more interesting as we speak. Chicago Gardeners, I bear glad tidings. The deadline to enter the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards has been extended to July 7th. It's free and open to residents of the city of Chicago and is presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shedd Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakenings Chicago, with assistance from the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. Garden types include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens. You can enter your small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations. There's even a category for community gardens. You have until July 7th to enter. Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on the Chicago Gardening Awards tab at MikeNovak.net for more information. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. This is your talk. And this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And this is what happens when you have factory farms in your area. You have to seek higher ground. (laughs) Um, and we're happy to bring into the conversation now Carrie Johnson. Now, uh, we were just talking to Craig Porter uh, from Fulton County. And, uh, Carrie, you're in Schuyler County, right? That's right. And it's right next door. But you've got a very similar problem to the one that uh, Craig has. Can you explain the situation in Schuyler? Right. So um, they're trying to put in, it's almost a 21,000 animal CAFO um, that's literally almost five miles off from a hard road. Okay. Out in the middle of nowhere. I'm sorry, what? It's out in the middle of nowhere. It looked like totally unimproved area that they're putting it into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let me play devil's advocate here, Carrie. If it's in the middle of nowhere, what's the objection to having a factory farm there? Well, I guess whenever I say that, I mean, you know, even the nearest um, town is a is a village. <laughs> and so even though you get in the country, um, you still have tons of homes around. In fact, this one has over 40 homes within a two-mile radius 
of the proposed site. And and that's part of the issue too is that uh, they're supposed to follow certain rules about which homes. Are, are nearby and there's got to be setback. Uh, are they not uh, paying any attention to that? Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, we we literally have a cabin that is within the setback, and um, we um, have been providing documentation, you know, showing that it's there. So uh, I don't know what's going to be done with that, but we've provided that. Well, and and from what I understand, also you've got a lawyer on the case who wants to sit down with the Department of Agriculture and says. Hey, let's just talk about this. And what has been the reaction of the Department of Agriculture? Yeah, we've been denied. Um, they basically state that we're not part of the process. Um, however, they huh. meet they meet with other people that aren't part of the process, and we are aware of that. <laughs> so um, it's a little frustrating because, yeah, we just want to. Uh, we had our informational meeting, and we would provide things there. And even um, Warren Goch, who's the deputy director, um, was surprised by certain things that he even went on TV that night and stated, you know, that the citizens were an important part of the process, but yet we can't seem to get a meeting. Yeah. You know, one of the things we've discovered, discovered, and Karen, you know this better than anybody, Karen, with the Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water, uh, is that the people, the, the people who have standing, and this is the, the court term for this, who have standing mm-hmm. uh, are not the citizens who actually are affected by these factory farms. The only people who have standing are the businesses, as we find out. Uh, and so the Department of Ag can listen to boards and, and say, oh, thanks for voting against it. We're still going to cite the, uh, the factory farm. Uh, thanks for your input. Uh, we really don't care. We're going to put this in. As you've said, uh, you've not found any instance where they've actually turned down a factory farm. I know that uh, I was looking at an a Illinois NPR article that mentioned Cary. They talk about, uh, what did they say, that there were... 2,167 applications um, from, um, let's see, from 1996 to 2016 and 1725 were approved. But that uh, there doesn't, I I wonder where they get those numbers from. It's it's kind of interesting. We need to look at that. But so, Karen, what, what are you trying to do to fix this law that doesn't give citizens any say? Well, yeah, citizens do not have a say. In fact, they've gone all the way to the appellate court in Illinois when they contend that uh, these criteria were not met by by the business, by the by the CAFO. And um, we, we've got a few bills out there, and Senator Taylor out of Peoria is um, sponsoring these bills. And one is Senate Bill 1272, which would, which would uh, make these facilities these large facilities who are producing the same amount of waste in cities of several hundred thousand people at least file and have a waste management plan prepared for their notice of intent. So when they go to a public hearing, they can tell the community, the county board, how they will be managing their waste. That is one of our biggest concerns. And as of yet, they do not have to do that under the Illinois law. So folks in the audience were asking at hearing and Tyler County, well, how can we tell if you're going to meet or exceed some environmental regulations if we can't see their, your waste management plan? They said, we don't have to have a waste management plan until we're after an, until we're in operation. So we, they're huh. the cart before the horse or the pig before the cart before the pig, I'd say. Yeah, we don't so, need, we, well, or, or they're saying we don't need no stinking regulations. Exactly. Uh, yeah. they, they will have a plan after, but before, that's too late. The other is that these facilities um, need to be accounted for, and that's Senate Bill 1273. We're mm-hmm. simply asking that the any new facility that is permitted by the IDOA uh, file a basic information on where they're located and update their waste management plan yearly. We are trying to bring us partway up to speed with all the states surrounding Illinois. We're at the bottom of the heap as far as regulations. We've won the race to the bottom. And I... and I, and I got to yeah. mention that you, you wrote an op-ed piece. Uh, one of the stunning developments in this is that the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency itself is, it has said to you, we don't need to change regulations and we're going to side with, with the people who are against it. And they're, 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 are they even supposed to have an opinion about this? My opinion is that they are supposed to listen to the General Assembly and let 
people vote for what they want and need. And we all we also know that the Illinois Department of Ag has weighed in on these regulations. Um, I don't think Alex Messina, the head of the Illinois EPA, should be saying that we just need to collaborate with these livestock producers. These are very large, sometimes out-of-state investors that are putting these facilities in our nest in the state of Illinois. They are, we don't even see their faces. We have to protect ourselves in the state of Illinois. Yeah. So, um, we, we need an accounting. Um, we did find uh, Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water has been uh, researching mm-hmm. how many factory farms are unaccounted for in the state by IEPA. So, and we have, we have found uh, so many more than the, than the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency. It's not even funny. Right. Uh, the, the point is, the point is EPA, IEPA doesn't even know how many factory no. farms are on the state. No. Yes, before we go. Uh, so, Karen, what can the rest of us do that aren't in agricultural counties? What can those of us around here? You need to go to Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water, www.iccaw.org. And our bills are there. Uh, become vocal about that. This affects everyone from rural to, to urban areas as far as antibiotic resistance and the other impact of industrialized ag. Um, also, we are also looking at another bill that Senator Taylor is thinking of is putting standing to folks. If, if there is mistakes made, that citizens will have legal standing to oppose these facilities in court. They need that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Carrie, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, on the program this morning. I, we're going to we, – there's never enough time in these shows to do uh, justice to your your issue. Uh, but keep us posted, will you? Will you uh, let us know what's going on? Sure, yes. I will. Thank you for having me. And uh, I, also, oh. I also want to uh, do that uh, for Craig. Craig, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, and thank you so much. Uh, I know your battle just continues as well, and uh, please keep me posted, uh, all of you. And you know we're going to cover it on this show, and and uh, I think we need to get David Kaler on the on the uh, the phone and, and talk about these bills and how we can improve the process in Illinois. Yes. Well, thank you for your time, and and yes, we definitely keep you informed. All right, you guys have a great uh, holiday weekend. Thank you, Mike. All right, take care, Mike. I want to thank them all for being on the show today. Uh, Karen Hudson, Carrie Johnson, Craig Porter, talking about factory farms. Of course, uh, Lamanda Joy about gnome dependence. Ariana busily typing away. Tune in tomorrow from 9 to 11. Right. We have a full hour of Rick DeMaio at 10 o'clock. Yes. Uh, Thank you, uh, Ben Boquist. And until tomorrow at 9, go green or go home. Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.